Jan, when you wake up in the morning, what is that thing that gets you out of bed? I was always in search of it. Maybe it also comes back to not having a father in my life and I always looked up to people that I aspired to be. I kind of yearned for that feeling to, to be that for other people. Not, not a father figure, but to be inspirational. When you leave them, do you feel energized or do you feel drained? The friendships that need all this attention and work and work just to maintain them, I'm not sure if they're the right friendships. An analogy that I have, you've got your body and your health and that is the table. Now on top of the table, you've got a few plates. You've got your romantic relationships, friends, you've got your business, your career, you've got all these plates on top of the table. Now if one of those things break, the table's not going to go crashing down. But if your leg of the table breaks off, the table's going to fall down and everything else above it's going to go crashing down. Shit, everything that I'm doing isn't working. I'm trying all of these things. It's not, nothing's working. But in that moment, if you're finding that these things are tough, you need to realize and you need to take inspiration from others that if someone else has done exactly what you're trying to achieve, and I can guarantee that there's someone else that has been in your shoes and has made it. So you need to take inspiration from those people and think, wow, if they've done it, I can get past this stage, this valley of despair. I just need to take it one day at a time. Jan, when you wake up in the morning, what is that thing that gets you out of bed? That's a great question. Um, when I was growing up, it was definitely different. And one of the things, like my, my childhood was, it, it wasn't easy. We didn't always grow up with money. Um, had an amazing family though. So initially, the thing that kind of, motivated me to be where I am today was certainly just making as much money as I can but with that too like it is still the same I want to make a lot of money <laughs> don't get me wrong but now I'm motivated by different things and one of them is is definitely impact so like being able to inspire people and I've noticed like it's it's really nice to be inspired by others but one of the, the best like feelings that you can ever have is, is to then inspire others yourself. So I'd say, yeah, by me pursuing my mission and then in turn inspiring others, that's probably one of the main things that, that yeah, gets me out of bed. What about you? What's your... Yeah, First, I just want to bring that back to the inspire, inspired aspect. Like, is there a why you want to inspire people? like is is there like I want to come back to another second level why like why if that's the thing like why do you want to inspire people mm. I'd say because I was always in search of it my whole life I wanted to be inspired by others and maybe it also comes back to not having like a a, a father in my life maybe um, and I always looked up to people that I aspired to be so maybe yeah, I kind of yearn for that feeling to, to be that for other people. Not, not a father figure, but to be inspirational in mm. some respect. So lack of in childhood has induced you to want to be able to make sure other people aren't in that situation as a child or in any phase of life, really. Yeah. Have, have someone that they can look to for inspiration, which is maybe something that you were lacking when growing up. Yeah. I think it's I think interesting. So. A lot of the time it does come down to childhood. When you do unpack why you do certain things, 
a lot of the time it comes down to you were lacking something in your childhood, it, whether it was money, whether it was stress, like maybe there was a lot, of, it was a very high stressed family. Maybe it was a, you know, not a very abundant mindseted family. And there's a lot of different things that were lacking in your childhood. And then that can lead to um, you not wanting that in your adulthood, in your adulthood life. Um, yeah. I think that's a it's a great realization to have and a great thing to unpack too 100 percent. what's yours what's your driver would you say i think it does come down to things in my life that i have grown up and i've had lack of and i've been exposed to the life that i want to live through mentors that are living it and the want to have that life and the impact that they make is something that pushes me so much. And so that whenever I get through the tough times um, and I go through the tough times, the, the why and the thing that keeps me going and the thing that gets me out of bed in the morning is, is that, that goal of being able to sit back. And I was on a podcast last week and they asked me the question, like, how do you, like, what's made it to you? You sit back and you say, you've made it. What is that for you? And he asked me the question and my, and my answer was, when I can sit back and say I made it, it looks like my dad and my mum never have to work a day in their life unless they want to. My dad has his beach house and his red sports car and my mum never ha has a house that she can live in and never have to worry about anything getting taken from her. And then they can have that, that stress-free in terms of the financial burden that they may have in their life now. And then I have a beautiful wife, beautiful kids that I can look up, grow up and, and be that father figure for them. And like that's when I can sit back and say I made it. And when you picture that, for me, that's a, that's a big driver. I get chills thinking about that and I go, okay, it's my duty. I need to do this to, to create that life. Mm. But also I just want to, on, finishing on that question, the reason I asked you that question is like recently there's – there's been a lot of challenges personally and I have a lot more sympathy for people that don't want to get out of bed in the morning. I have a lot of sympathy for people that wake up, the alarm goes off or they wake up without an alarm and they don't rush out of bed. They just chill there and go on their phone. And there's this little bit of sympathy there and it's not like they're doing anything wrong. They just don't have a purpose or a reason underlying that's making them get out of bed because fuck it's comfy better. It really is. It really is. And if I didn't have something underlying, like I just explained, there would be days every single week that I would not get out of bed when my alarm goes off. And that's simply put. And so it's not like they're doing the wrong thing. They just don't have like the re the reason the motivation isn't there is because they don't have something underlying that's pushing them. I think as with many things in, in your life as well, even with your fitness journey or your diets, whatever it may be, people don't stick to it because there's nothing underlying. Mm, 100%. And having something underlying is like so key. But to actually even, like to have something underlying is great. But in order to do that, I think we need to sacrifice. Mm. And that's something I want to talk about today. I think that's like a big thing we've been noticing in both of our lives recently. We're having to sacrifice not everything, but there's certainly things that you do have to sacrifice. Like I want to I wanna kind of unpack this a little bit. So in terms of sacrifices, what do you think's necessary to sacrifice when you're, when you're on your way up and you're, and you're still building? 
What do you think are some of the first things you should sacrifice? Mm. I think it's, it's, it actually, it depends. It, it really does because, and we have slightly different opinions on, on, on certain like things that we think we should sacrifice. But in terms of the sacrifice you have to make while you're chasing your dreams, you, I, I think, I think it goes in phases, but I think the underlying ones always come back. And the first one I want to talk about is, I reckon the way we should structure this is is going through all the different sacrifices and and then let's discuss them one by one, I think. Partying, the first one. I think that's a really interesting one. What are your thoughts with sacrifice in terms of partying and on your mission when you're trying to achieve your mm. dreams? Where does that fit into, into the puzzle? Super interesting. And this is something that we've we had a chat about not even about like a week ago or something like that. And you're right, we, we did have some different views on it. And I feel as though I might be more leaning towards the side of like not partying, like not recommending partying. But then on the same token too, I think there's always a right, a right time and place for it. Like I'm not going to sit here and say that partying's bad altogether, but I definitely don't think you should prioritise it over doing the things that you need to do like mm. to, to get you to where you want to go. Because at the end of the day, our most focused times are often our happiest. And I think there's all of these things that we can give into, like partying is one. And the only thing it's doing is just getting us further away from our mission. Mm. So while I understand that partying definitely um, should be sacrificed to an extent, I'm also aware that I think there's a time and a place. Mm. And... For special occasions, I think partying's fine, but not to, not to just yeah, do it for the sake of it, and because everyone else is. That's and a as have it, having it as like a part of your life, I guess. I think I think I I agree for the most part with it, but I think when I reflect on my journey and I've had different phases where I've partied more, there's zero regret from doing those phases, and the reason for that is because. The experience that I, the experiences that I had, connections that I, I may have made, or even just the lessons that I would have learned by doing that, and knowing what I don't want in a, to be in a person, knowing the things I do want, being able to meet mass amount of characters as well, I think there's a lot of benefits to that. But then when I reflect on my most productive times and my most, my most needle moving times in my life have been when I've been sober. And I've been really focusing and honing in and going all in. When I did 75 hard and in those two and a half months, I did more than I, I got more done and achieved more than in the nine months post 75 hard. And so that just goes to show that when I go all in, I know the results. When we look at the, the TikTok and the growth, when I left the job and, and me and my girlfriend broke up and I literally said, I'm going all in. And simply put, went all in, and you look at the results, it's like, okay, I know what I'm capable of when I go all in. And partying is not in the equation when I'm going all in. It can't be. And so I do, I do agree with that is a sacrifice you have to make. Being able to say no um, is, is, a, is, a, is, a massive, is a massive thing to be able to do and be like, no, I need to do this today. Okay, I need to get all this done tomorrow. I best not go out tonight because I'm not going to be optimal tomorrow. And then you even reflect, you even notice it, right? You do have a night out. You, tr you decide to treat yourself. And then Monday and Tuesday, you are just off. You're not, you're not fully like optimal cognitively as you, as you'd want to be. And so, yeah, I, I agree. But I also, 
like the idea of of dabbling in it a little bit on a macro scale. I was telling you about this is like not not dabbling in partying partying on a micro scale. Meaning, okay, I'm only going to do one night a week, or I'm going to do a night a fortnight, or whatever. I might do I might do none for a few months or a couple months and go all in and then I might do a couple of weeks or a few a couple of weeks on where I'm having um, a lot more drinks than usual and I'll have a couple of nights out and stuff like that. I like that because I feel like to truly get in the rhythm of the all in it takes a couple of weeks of fully sober. So I like macro like I like macro balance but I'm not sure about micro I'm I'm kind of micro all in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. That makes sense. Yeah, no, it makes sense. And just to, to on, the, on while we're on the topic of, of sacrifice, how do you feel about like some friendships? That's a big one, mm. I think. Friendships are. What are you sacrificing though? And and this is the thing that's interesting to me because if they're a net negative, as we spoke about in the last episode, if they're a net negative, you're not sacrificing by not hanging out with them. You're sacrificing by hanging out with them. And so when you, when you weighing up sacrifice, there's got to be something that you're missing out on um, by doing the other thing. That's why you're sacrificing something, right? Friendships, I think, are the most, like relationships are so important. Like the most important, I think, because you can have all the time and money in the world, but if you have no one to spend it with, it's pointless. So I really think that you need to value the friendships, but the right friends should understand that when you're going all in and you're really on a mission and you're hustling, they can give you space and know that they can come back in a couple of weeks time or they can give you a call and everything's going to be just fine. And so the ones where you, the, the, the friendships that need all this attention and work and work just to maintain them, I'm not sure if they're the right friendships. Then you're not sacrificing if you're not hanging out with them. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, exactly. I, I've thought about that a couple of times and it's like, when I consider the friends that I still have in my life, while I do put in effort, obviously, but maybe not to the extent that most other people do to keep up friendships, I mean, I still have them all in my life, the people that are truly meaningful to me. And it just goes to show that, yeah, you don't need to, like, if it is a good friendship that you've, like a true friendship that you have, maybe not communicating for a week or two, like, that shouldn't that shouldn't impede the relationship that shouldn't impact the relationship whatsoever so yeah i think that's even just a great indicator on whether there's someone that you should sacrifice if you if you're noticing that you're having to put in all this effort and then i don't know maybe they're jealous of your success for example or they're they're yeah just overall envious that that you're maybe doing better than them or that you're not mm. spending time with them then I think, yeah, it's, it's a friendship you should sacrifice. That's a big one. Uh, I made a video about it literally last night about what is a real friend. And the real friend can be happy for you regardless of what situation that you're in. So if you're, better, if you're going better than them, they should still be happy for you. That's that whole thing around. They should know that if, if you're up, they're up. And as the tide rises, all the boats do too. And... That can really, I think that's one big factor of if they're a real f- good quality friend. And this, the second thing is when you're with them, when you leave them, do you feel energized or do you feel drained? That's an interesting thing to ask yourself. When you hang out with that person, do you feel 
mentally drained or do you feel mentally energized off the back of that interaction? I think that's a massive indicator for me. So I feel drained. I don't want to hang out with them again because I know when I'm leaving, I'm going to be drained. Mm. What about romantic relationships? Mm. Now, that's a, like, like this is an interesting topic because people talk about them being a benefit. People talk about a lot of the time they say no. What are your thoughts? Well, it depends on when we say romantic, whether it's like a fling or maybe a long-term relationship. Mm. It really depends on what phase you're in because it's not a one-size-fits-all thing, is it? Like, mm. you've got to work out whether the phase that you're in now is going to be impacted by having a relationship or having a fling. Because at the end of the day, we, we, always, consider, <laughs> um, we always consider, obviously, the energy that we're putting out into the world. And if you're putting all of this energy into a relationship, that's energy that's not then be, being put into, mm. say, something like a business or whatever your mission is. So if it turns out that your energy is then coming back as a result, like, say, you're putting it towards a, a relationship that's a super positive relationship, and then that energy is kind of like flowing back to you and you're feeling energized after your interactions with them then I think it's a great idea. I don't think that's something you need to sacrifice at all. But if, it, if it's the But do you think opposite. you can get caught in the... Can you get caught in, like, love talking instead of reality talking? And, like, not, not reality, like, love getting in the way with your, with your vision, clogging it up. Because love can do the talking a lot of the time, and you try and justify everything in your head as to why this is a benefit to you. And it's not until you get out of it where you realize that it was quite draining in terms of your mental battery for the day. Do you think that like someone easily can say, oh no, they're, they're an asset. Like I, I even was saying, it's like, oh, one plus one equals three. It's like, it gives me energy. It's a vibe. It's amazing. Um, but like, do you think it's, and I, to be honest, I still believe it. I still believe it because like when I was saying that back when I was in a relationship, like I haven't come off the back of it and gone, oh, I was clueless back then. I was in the clouds. I was in the, I was with the fairies. Like when I look back at it now, it's still like, yes, it took a lot of mental capacity from me, but I think I grew so much from it that it, it actually, the benefit outweighed the, the downside of how much energy I was giving that person. Mm. But do you think, what, what are your thoughts on it? Do you think love, love makes the decisions, gets in the way? Oh, 100%. Because we all, we get clouded by it, like clouded. You almost need a reality it. check, don't you? Exactly. And another thing with love too is you get complacent. I know that I have before in mm. relationships. I, I guess, I, not always, mm. but we can often get super complacent. And it's just due to the fact that subconsciously you think, all right, I'm with this person that I genuinely like. So if that's like your human imperative, and what I mean by that is like what your human desire is, your human desire is to form a relationship, like make a family. That's just biologically what we're here for as humans. Mm. So once you get that, you're complacent with it. And you think, wow, I've done everything that I need to do. I've accomplished all the things that I need. And then subconsciously, you're essentially just not doing the work necessary. Um, and I've, definitely noticed that Become i've complacent. noticed that in the past yeah. yeah for sure and that's just a na massive contributor to like the clouds it's clogging up your vision of what you actually want in your life 
getting complacent. Mm. Um, maybe, maybe there's, and this is an interest. This is actually really interesting. As men, I, do you think that a lot of your decisions and drivers come down to women and what they're going to think? Not what they're going to think, but I think I think there's a there's a there's a hierarchy in terms of what we're trying to achieve, and a lot of the times we're doing certain things to get in the eyes or impress the women or whoever we're attracted to, but for us, but to us women. And so things like, so things like, um, literally going to the gym, getting in good shape. Why are we getting in good shape? Is it so we can look in the mirror and be really happy with our body? Or is it so we can look in the mirror and go, fuck, I look good. I'm going to be more confident now and get, you're going to get more confidence. But why do you need more confidence? Okay, I need more confidence so that then when I'm seeing people and I'm out in, in public and I'm meeting new girls, I'm going to be more confident. They're going to like me more. The energy is going to be better. And so like, okay, well, so then we go to the gym to impress girls. Like when, when, you, when you strip it down to its core, unless you're trying to do functional, you're an athlete, you're trying to <clears throat> like, you're trying to perform in a certain way or you're just simply trying to live longer and be younger in your older years and that's why you're trying to train. These are all factors as to why we train. But if no one judged our physique, would we train as hard as we train? I know I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah. So, so like, so when we get in, a, the reason I'm tying, I'm tying this back to romantic relationships, when we get in a relationship and all of a sudden we don't have to please women well at least we think in our minds we at the reality is we still need to keep uh, keep ourselves at a high standard so that she's still attracted to us but somehow we think that we we become a bit complacent because we don't think we need to impress her as much as we did before she loved us so then you get complacent Mm. and so that ties back down into that that's that's an interesting topic yeah 100 percent. and it makes you think as well if men didn't have the imperative so like the need to like chase women it makes you wonder whether the world would be like it is today because i feel like like so much of the success of the world has been driven by trying to get like trying Mm. to attract the opposite sex and it makes you think like wow i wonder how things would be different whether we'd have the same drive we have and i feel like Mm. certainly like a quite a decent chunk of my motivation does come from that Mm. being confident in myself being able to attract the right partner for me that's going to be able to raise my family and that I'm also going to have to be able to have an intimate relationship with. And yeah, it's, it's super interesting when you, when you think of it like that, how it would be different if that wasn't something that we wanted or that wasn't something that we pursued, how life would be but different. But we also, we, we, in, terms of, in terms of my perspective, when I'm looking at confidence, like if you are lacking confidence there's probably an area in your life that you're not um, happy with because if you're proud and you have pride in what you're doing, naturally you're going to be more confident in that thing because you're proud of it. Right. And, um, and so like, what about if you never have gotten really good shape? You've never even got into it. Like, do you just not even know what confidence is? Do you become confident in your body or at least confident to what you know confidence to be? Um, and then on the flip side of that, when you, when you have been in good shape and then you lose the good shape, 
How, what does that do to your confidence? Ruins it because you're confident at this good shape. Now your confidence drops anything below that because your expectation doesn't meet the reality and there's a, there's a gap. And so like your reality is below that. So you, then you lose your confidence. And so for me, I've noticed that when I have more boxes being ticked in my life, I'm way more confident than when I don't. And so that's a driver for me to make sure those boxes are being ticked. Hmm. So does that mean that we shouldn't sacrifice those things, the things that make us feel confident, would you say? What do you mean by that? So for instance, going to the gym, doing things that make you feel more empowered, for example, Mm. even if those are, I don't know, let's say in the short term, so in the micro, they're stopping you from being on your mission. So like pursuing your purpose, but in the macro, perhaps they're like helping you get towards your mission. Like, do you feel like those things, those small micro things that are stopping you from like being on your path, do you think in that short term, they should be sacrificed or do you think they should just be kept? I think the most part of your things that you're going to, that are going to make you confident are the table. They're, they're your, an analogy that I have is like, you've got your body and your health and that is the table. Now on top of the table, you've got a few plates. You've got your romantic relationships, you've got your, your, friends you've got your business your career and you've got all these plates on top of the table now if one of those things break the table's not going to go crashing down but if your leg of the table breaks off the table's going to fall down and everything else above it's going to go crashing down i think things like your health is a non-negotiable regardless to keep that table afloat and so being in good shape mentally physically like that's got to be a priority. So there's zero, you can't sacrifice that. And that's when we talk about going to the gym. Okay, like we can't sacrifice that. That's a necessity. Now, granted, you might not be trying to achieve like the, you might not be trying to achieve like the dream physique you'd want, but for the most part, you're going to try and maintain a good physique because maybe your focus, and this is maybe something we can tie into about having like the, the, um, the three pillars of having you've got relationships and then you've got health and then you've got career and I don't believe you can go all in on all three at once you can't go all in on your relationship and relationships and make sure they're the best they can possibly be whilst going all in on your career while staying in the best shape physically and eating the best foods and right 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 and making sure that you're the best person physically wise as well I don't think you can do all three at once so when we talk about sacrifice for um for it to achieve our goals and our dreams we can't have all these so most of the time two of them have to take a little bit of a step back to a maintenance level so i'm going to maintain all my friends and and maintain my friends i'm not going to go seeking all these new ones i'm going to maintain good quality friendships and i'm going to maintain a good health but i'm not going to be health fanatic freak wise in terms of training and and, and fitness regime but then i'm going to go all in on my career my business and that will allow you to do that but you can't make these drop below below the average below the standard but you just can't be excelling in those typically certainly and so yeah that's 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 my thoughts in in terms of you asked the question of what are those things that you can sacrifice and i think the table if you picture your body and you as a table like everything that evolves around that you can't sacrifice any of that because then if the table breaks everything else falls as well Mm. 
hundred percent. And while we're on that, those three things that you said, so you said career, so that could be like wealth. You've also got relationships. And then the third one as well was health. So I think you're right in saying that you can't like pursue all of them, but I think it's that you can't pursue all of them while you're building. I think there's like, you can still have all three once you've gotten say like career, you've gotten your relationships or like, let's go career or health career relationships. You can have all three of those at once, provided you like you've built them up. So like while you're building, you might not be able to pursue all three, but I think that you can still have all three, if that makes sense. Yeah, and so um, at some point. 100%. And I guess when I'm saying all in, I mean how much energy you're putting into that thing. Mm. Like how much of your tank. Like are you basically giving everything you got to to that thing or this thing or this thing? Now, when you make it in career-wise and you've got something booming, you're not going to go, you might not, you might be happy with where that's at and yeah, it'll be thriving, but it doesn't mean you're going all in. You've built it up and now you're trying to build up something else. You're trying to build up something else. And so you can't go all in on all three. You can most certainly have all three thriving at at once, but when you're building it, when you don't have all three thriving, you can't just make all three thrive at the once Mm. at the same time, in, in, in my opinion. I think we should tie back down to sacrifice. There's a couple of other things sleep now what are your thoughts on sacrificing sleep because people say oh like if you if you don't get to sleep like wake up still like when your alarm goes off you get up and like what are your what are your thoughts on Mm. on that do you sacrifice sleep or not no i don't in the short but with that too just while we're quoting other people there's this funny one and it's like i'll sleep when i die and that's a big part of the hustle (laughs) the hustle culture that we're seeing these days and um a a big part of where i've gotten some of some of my knowledge from i mean i'm not like amazingly versed on on sleep and everything like that but matthew walker was great in educating us uh, about like how how beneficial sleep is because honestly i didn't think it was that as is as important as i think it is now um until i started listening to him and what's the magic number the magic number for me is at least seven to eight hours. If I if I have under seven, I, I always feel tired. It doesn't mean I don't still get up at the same time. Like I'll always get up at six in the morning, pretty much every day. Um, but yeah, it, it just means that, that that's really the magic number for me, seven to eight. If yeah, I, I think seven, seven's yeah. my mind too, like no less than seven. Um, do you think you can sleep too much? Yeah, 100%. You can get super lethargic. Mm. And I, I've done that before. And even if you have a night out as well, I think oversleeping can be like a really bad thing if you do that the next day, because it then is going to impact the rest of your, the, the, the night that you have, um, the sleep that you do have. Do you think night. it's the sleep or do you think it's messing up the circadian rhythm though? Because if you're getting yeah. up at the same time every day, like I remember I've had times where maybe I'm getting 10 hours sleep because I've just been so exhausted. I don't remember last time I've got 10 hours sleep, but like getting 10 hours sleep but if i just went to bed earlier but then woke up at the same time i would feel pretty good but if i sleep in and sleep longer like through the time i would typically wake up then i get up and have a completely different morning expose the sun at a different time like that would mess me up as well yeah a hundred percent and a big thing to that as well is yeah your circadian rhythm is so important because if you're waking up at different times of the day, 
it's it's really not good for you in terms of how, mm. how you're going to be functioning. Like you need to pick a time, even if it is a little bit later. Say you want to wake up at eight or whatever it is. It doesn't matter just as long as you stick to that time. Mm. Um, it's it's going to be better than waking up at like six every once in a while. It, it's mm. just better that you stick with the time um, sure. every day. We're not sleep yeah. doctors, but that's a, that's a thought. One of the, the, the next sacrifice I want to talk about, which in my opinion, is the biggest sacrifice. And it's, it's really, it's worth it in the long run, 100%. But it's instant gratification. And so instant pleasures. Like resisting short-term pleasure in favor of something greater is, is the thing that I, I say all the time when I was on a podcast two weeks, a few weeks ago and they asked me, um, what's my biggest challenge? I said, resisting short-term pleasures in favor of something greater. There's so many things that pop up that you just want to say yes to and then being able to say no because you know you, need, you have shit to do, that's a, that's a sacrifice you have to make. But the key part is that the sacrifice is the resisting the short-term pleasures, but the gain is in favor of something greater. And we know what that greater looks like and we know that if we take the instance, we're not going to get the greater, which is far superior. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that that's literally my motto. I don't say it like that, but everything that I do, like day to day. For the greater good. Yeah, exactly. There's so many things that I'd rather be doing, but it doesn't mean that I should be doing it. Do you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. like, I don't know, let's just say waking up in the morning. I don't want to be doing <laughs> like, I don't honestly, I don't want to really be creating content, for example but I do it because I know that it's something that's going to benefit me in the long run. Um, there's so many things that I don't want to be doing that I do because I know that it's, it's what's necessary to get me to where I want to be. Mm. And if that means we sacrifice the things that might feel good in the moment, you've got to realize how good it's going to make you feel later on once you've, you've achieved that macro vision that you have. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I can't, I can't agree more. I think, I think for me, resisting short-term pleasures is is really challenging and, and the reason I, I, I say that is because like so many times especially when it comes down to like even when it comes down to women and you're and like if, if you're like trying to go on a date or something like that but then you know that you've got to like for example like I've, I, when I cancelled a couple of dates whatever I, like a couple of weeks ago I cancelled a couple of the dates because I had so much stuff to do. I had content to film and edit and we got to like 6 p.m. at night and I still hadn't done it. But then you, you, you finish that content, you get it all done, you go and you just have a big breath and you're like, oh, I like that, that, was, that was worth it. Like I got, I got it all done. It's, it's, it's all finished. So yeah, I, yeah I, th I think it's a big sacrifice, but there's so much great, there's so much upside by doing it that I think it makes it, that's what allows us to be able to keep doing it day in, day out. A hundred percent. And I want to digress a little bit, still on a similar topic, but I think a great thing in terms of building up that tolerance to not give in to instant gratification would be, my, my biggest thing would be gym. Like going mm. to gym consistently every single day or at least five to six days a week, I'd say, is one of the best things you want to do if you want to get better at, at delaying that that gratification mm. because yeah there's so many lessons that come from from going to the gym regularly just just the sheer fact of pushing through something 
that you don't want to do on a daily basis. And it's just like eating the frog. When you, when you eat the frog early in the morning, which is doing the thing that's the toughest, yep. everything after that is so much easier. And if you're able to set your, set your life up so that you're doing these tough things regularly, you're putting yourself in a position where you can delay gratification for these small little things consistently, that's when that, that really it, it compounds and you, you end up just not yearning for instant gratification. Um, obviously, there's, there's sometimes, sometimes you do, but as a whole, you, you don't crave mm. it as much and, and you're able to withstand it heaps, heaps easier. If you yeah. do train yourself in that way, in that respect. For sure. I was, I was going through a pretty hard time a few days ago. Um, and we were, yeah, it was, it, was, it was quite challenging in any way. I wrote something at the cafe. I want to read it. Um, and I called it, I called it the time no one sees. And it's, it's talking about like loneliness and not loneliness. I mean, how about I read it and then and then we'll we'll discuss it off, off off the back of it. But it's called the time no one sees. You're feeling it again, aren't you? Once again, one of those times that no one sees. A time where the main feeling you are having is loneliness. And not loneliness in the sense that you aren't getting enough attention. Loneliness in the sense that no one understands you. You have no one to relate to. You have no one to call that will honestly be able to support you and say, I get it. I know the feeling. And that is the type of loneliness I'm talking about. The time no one sees, the time where you question what you are doing. You question what you're putting yourself through this pain for. Is it to prove something to someone else? Yourself? Or is it so your future self thanks you? Your future child thanks you? So your mum, dad, siblings thank you. You remind yourself that these hard times are a necessity in order to make the good times great. You remind yourself that without these times, the highs would be nowhere near as special. And all of these thoughts come in a time that no one sees. The part of the iceberg that is below the water. And I love that. And I wrote that in a, in a pretty down place. And I just reflected on it because I was, I was, talking about I was thinking about the concept of loneliness and this really ties into sacrifice when you're trying to chase your dreams because when you're doing something that's extraordinary and you're really trying to achieve greatness there's a lot less people that can relate to you and you never feel sometimes it can feel so lonely not in the sense that you don't have enough attention not in the sense that there's not enough people around you in the sense that no one gets you, like no one understands like the way you're feeling. You might be doing something or trying something new and it doesn't work out and they just assume that it wasn't going to work out in the first place, but they don't get your vision and they don't get the hard times you're going through because they're not experiencing those hard times as well. Do you think a sacrifice is being different than others? Like you've got, you could so easily be normal and hang out with all the crew but you're being that bit different. You're trying different things. And yeah, I got goosebumps reading that, but... Um, Me too, bro. Yeah. And there's this great quote and it's, you're crazy until you've made it. And then once you made it, you're a genius. Mm. <laughs> and I think that encapsulates it so well. And yeah, that, that poem honestly, yeah, resonates with me a lot because I felt like that. I mean, you and I have got each other. We're on mm. similar missions, but still as a whole, I think, 
both you and I can often, because we don't relate to many other people, mm. I think it can still definitely feel lonely at times, for sure. Yeah, and some more than others, of course. But yeah. I think I think a massive thing is like, especially when you're trying at business and trying to trying to do something that's really challenging and delayed gratification is a proper thing where you're banging your head against the wall day in, day out, trying things, not getting anything, nothing, 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 with the hopes that you get a little lick of the ice cream and then you get that little taste of what it looks like, what the success looks like. But just a lick, all you need is that lick because then it makes you know how yummy it tastes and you want to get after the, the whole icy pole. But like sometimes the distance it takes to get that one little lick is way more, way longer than you would ever imagine. And it gets so challenging because you're like, when am I going to, when am I going to even be able to open the packet and take a little lick of this ice cream? Like, when am I going to do this? Mm. Sometimes it feels like you're never going to be able to. Mm. And that's the journey of, of business. Sometimes it gets really tough. And yes, some people get a unicorn, they get lucky, but like for the most part, dude, there's a reason. And I keep reminding myself of this when I go through the hard times is there a reason there is a reason that not everyone does this. Like there is a reason. Like I could so easily just go get a six figure job, live a normal life. But it's like, I don't want that. And I'd rather, I, I, could, ne I could not do that. And so, um, yeah, it's an, it's an interesting journey. That's for sure. Yeah, 100%. And there's this thing and it's like the, uncertain, the uncertainty of you being successful or not is what makes the mission worthwhile. Because if you knew that, you in all certainty you were going to be successful you wouldn't have the same drive that you have now and without having that same drive or that same focus you wouldn't be happy because like there's all of these people that have i, I know you you watched a podcast about this earlier and you were talking about it mm. but the people that are to to sell their company for for millions of dollars they never have to work a day in their life yeah that sure they're happy for the first month or two six months down the track mm they they hate themselves they hate the situation they're in and that all comes down to not having something that that you're passionate about and that you're focusing on so if we can all realize that yeah it's going to be tough in the moment but it's it's worthwhile in the end and getting that lick it's the best feeling oh, once you take that first lick guys. oh it is and it makes you more hungry than ever to get the rest of the ice cream yeah. and so that's that's for sure you're just talking about um about the podcast I was listening to, I was listening to a podcast um, from the owner of Spotify. So a lot of you guys are probably listening to it, this on Spotify right now. But the owner of Spotify, he, he, he created a really successful company and sold it at 22. I don't know the, the figure it was, but he made a lot of money at a really young age and he retired at 22. And the first three months were amazing. He loved it. He had all the attention. He had the status and he was doing whatever he wanted. And then Six months after he sold his company, he was depressed and like didn't know what to do with his life. And then 12 months after that, that's when Spotify came about and all of a sudden he was happy again and he, was, he had mission, he had drive, he had something to work towards. And he said that he had to have his, he had to have his hypothesis of happiness fail on him for him to realize what true happiness was. And when I heard that, I was like, wow, we have all these thoughts on what, what's gonna make us happy. 
when we achieve all of this stuff, it's going to make us happy. But it takes us to achieve all those things to realize that that's not actually happiness. And the reason I believe that it still takes us to achieve it, we can't just say, okay, well, someone said that, so I'm not going to go after and get these because it's not going to make me happy. We need to achieve it because we need to have something to compare it to as well. I think if you can, if you're one of those people that just says, oh, money won't, won't make you happy, but you don't have money and you've never had money, then I think it's a cop out. I think it's being lazy because you'll be like, oh, it won't make me happy. Okay, have you had it? No. Okay, so how do you know that? You just heard it from other people. And so <clears throat> I don't think actually in saying that, in reflection of, of that saying money won't make you happy, the people that have made the money and say money won't make you happy, they have realized that they thought it was going to make them happy. They realized it's not going to make you happy. But the journey to making that money is what makes them happy, that process and that journey. But by them saying money won't make you happy will stop people from even starting the journey in the first place. A hundred percent. And people that say money won't make you happy, they're the people that haven't given, given enough money away. So mm. if you think of it like this, whenever you are to help someone, I know if I'm to take my family out for dinner, for example, that's one of the best things I can do. That, that means more to me than buying some like, I don't know, design a product or whatever it is. Like if I am to just like help my family, if I'm to, to give money to someone that I know is in need or, or to help someone in some way, yeah, money might not make you happy because of like from buying products and things like that and materialistic things. But money, money can impact so many people. And if you're wanting to have impact in the world, if you're wanting to help others, the best thing that you can do on your, on your journey is to make as much money as you possibly can because that's the way that you make impact. Once you make money, like you can have such a bigger impact on others and when you have that impact on others, that that is like such, mm. that's certainly a way to, to, to be happy. 100%. And it's not the money that we are chasing. It's the lifestyle that the money unlocks that we want. Mm. And so like, it's it's not the money. When you break it down, it's not the money. I want to earn the money so I can delegate the things I don't want to do. <clears throat> I want to earn the money so I can buy the things that I've always wanted in my life. I want to earn the money so I can travel to wherever I want, whenever I want. I want to earn the money so I'm not stressed about paying rent and having a roof over my head. Okay, so you're built earning this money so you can formulate this lifestyle that you want. So that every hour of the day, you're doing stuff that makes you happy and things that you want and delegating all the rest. That's what the money unlocks. We're not chasing money. We're chasing what that thing unlocks just a piece of paper at the end of the day so yeah i think i think that's um that's super important tying that into into the sacrifice we have to make stability financial stability stability like what sacrifice are you making by in terms of stability mm. by chasing your dreams i love this because stability is something that we all yearn for we all mm -hmm. want stability but you also need to realize in on the like on the venture of becoming i guess financially secure or being in a position where you can have a huge impact on others we need to go through these unstable times i can give you a perfect example when i left my job to pursue my own business i didn't have any any certainty that i was going to be able to have like a roof over my head I've, 
I've done it a couple of times. I've tried to start businesses a couple of times. Mm. And like since the last business I've started, like, I mean, it, it's taking off now, but there's always going to be these unstable times. And I think you do need to sacrifice stability in, in hopes of, of making it big because you can't, you can't depend on a nine to five your whole life. Like it, that is, I mean, you can, some people can, some people love it, but you can't do it. Like if, if you have this, this yearning to be something and to have a huge impact on others, often a nine to five isn't, isn't going to help. So if that means that you need to be unstable in, in, in the short term, in terms of money and finances, then I think it's definitely something you should, you should sac- well, that's sacrifice. A sacri- that's yeah. a sacrifice for sure. Because we could easily go and get high paying jobs. Like you can easily go and get high paying jobs easily. We left one. We like you leave them. It's you. You, you can easily go and get that. So that's the stability. So you're you're sacrificing stability to chase your dreams. Simply put, financial stability is not something that you have when you're starting out in business and trying to chase your dreams. And to be honest, losing that stability would be one of the main factors that stops people from starting and giving it a crack in the first place because it's a really hard thing. It's so stressful when you're not stable financially, when you know you can be. And so when you start to tie in having kids and all the rest of it, it starts to throw a lot of spanners in the works because you're not just risking your stability, you're risking your family's stability, your children's stability. And that's when it gets a lot more restricting. And that's why when you have a lot of people that have the kids and they're a bit older and they're like, you've got a massive, like you've got a massive advantage being young and being single and being, having no, like no people that are dependent on you because then you can fall on your head so many times. and It's just you that has to go through the pain. And so, yeah, stability is a massive sacrifice. And I'm so glad I was exposed to that at an early age that motto of like while you're young sacrifice because it doesn't it doesn't get easier the older you get and if for anyone that's listening that is young and is wanting to do great things with their life there's nothing that I could recommend more than betting on yourself Mm. making sacrifices now I think your 20s are made for sacrificing to Mm. be honest um there's still joys that you should that should be had but Honestly, I think if you are wanting to do great things, sacrifice while you can. Sacrifice if you're older too and you're listening to this. I, I don't. It's de- it's 100% not too late. The best time to do something was yesterday, but the the second best time was was today. So yeah, great, great. It. And I think I think that ties perfectly into talking about like things that we need to overcome to to succeed. Like, what are the things that we need to overcome to achieve our dreams and our goals? And the first one that comes to mind is fear of failure. I did a poll on my Instagram asking people about this, and it was insane, the results. Like, what, I asked people what their biggest fears, and so many people said fear of failure. And it's insane because you don't have the fear of failure. You have the fear of what other people's opinions are going to be if you fail, like you don't, have, you don't have a fear of failure because when you're playing a video game by yourself in your room, do you care about losing the round? No, because no one's there watching you. Like you don't, you don't really care if you fail because you're alone, you're by yourself. So that just proves that you don't have a fear of failure. You have a fear of if other people see you fail. 
And so you, you don't ever take any necessary action to put yourself in risk of failing. And so that's an interesting thing because when you actually break down the negatives of not taking the action, the only negative you have is never having to go through the fear of, of failing. 100%. And there's this, there's this constant loop that we often go through when we're on, on a pursuit of, of doing something great. And it could be like, I'll just use an example of starting a business. What we'll do is there's a few levels of competency and you've got like a, a unconscious competence, which is essentially or uncom unconscious incompetence. And that could mean that you're, you're not necessarily conscious of how much work and like sacrifice goes into to doing something great, like starting a business, for example. Let's just use the example of starting a marketing agency. You don't know all of the day-to-day -day things that are necessary to actually make that, that marketing agency start. But then you then go up the You're ladder. Naive. Yeah, exactly. So you, you start doing it, but then you realize all of these little, little steps that are needed to actually become successful in, in that business. And you get to a point where you're like, wow, this is super hard. And then you see this amazing business. You see a drop shipping business. You see, a I don't know, a, an affiliate marketing business. And you're like, wow, that business would be so easy to, like I could start a business like that. I bet you I'd be making money in the next two weeks. And people, they'll, they'll leave the SMMA. So they'll, they'll leave the marketing agency. They'll go to the other business. They go in that constant loop and they realize, shit, this is just as hard. And if you had a stuck at the first business, like the marketing agency, you would have been at not only like an extra couple weeks in front or however long it is in front, and you wouldn't, you wouldn't be starting again. So I think like tying this all together, I think we need to fail. And the reason we need to fail is because it teaches us some like super important things. And one of them is that like everything is going to be tough. We need to make sacrifices in the pursuit to, to, make, to do great things. And just because it's tough, it doesn't mean that it can't happen. You just need to fail enough times so that you realize everything everything need like i need everything's going to be tough yeah and i think that's so important yeah to realize you spoke about the levels of of competency and that's that's a really interesting topic because you said the first one is unconscious incompetence uh, unconscious incompetence where you don't realize how hard something's going to be or you don't real you don't really know how like, yeah, you don't realize how hard something's going to be. You're unconscious of how incompetent you're going to be at that thing. And then you get in the thing and you realize, okay, I've determined that this is actually really challenging. I've understood what I, I need to do, but I'm not competent at it. So now you've turned that unconscious incompetence to conscious incompetence. You're conscious that you're incompetent at this thing. And then so if you stick at it, as you said, it's important to stick at it because if you keep hopping around these things, you're going back to the start of the ladder. You're going back to the unconscious incompetence in a new in a new vertical. And so you're hopping back. So if you keep chopping and changing, you're not progressing to the next level. And so you get into the business, say that the e-com business or whatever, you realize after you've unconsciously been incompetent, you realize that you're consciously incompetent at this i do not know how to do this but then you stick at it and you work at it and you work away and all of a sudden you become you become consciously competent so now you are conscious that you're competent at this skill 
So you become better at it. You're much more competent now. Then the end goal is to become unconsciously competent. You can do it in your sleep. So you're very good. And so people don't get to that level in any a lot of areas because they get to the they get to the conscious incompetence stage and they go, fuck this, I'm not very good at this. And without enjoyment comes lack of motivation to do it and lack of enjoy like lack of sorry, lack of skill in something becomes lack of enjoyment in something, lack of motivation to do it. But you have to get over that hurdle of getting that little bit better because then you'll enjoy it a bit more and you'll want to do it more. A hundred percent. And to add to that as well, between the like the, some of the competent competency levels, there's there's a it, there's a stage that's called the valley of despair, and you're you're so deep in this business, whatever it is, you've gotten past um, the the unconscious incompetence, you've gotten past the conscious incompetence, and then you realise, like shit, like everything that I'm doing isn't working. I'm trying all of these things. It's not, nothing's working. But in that moment, if you're finding that these things are tough, you need to realize and you need to take inspiration from others that if someone else has done exactly what you're trying to achieve, and I can guarantee, well, not guarantee, but like almost guarantee that for whatever business you're trying to pursue, whatever mission, you, it doesn't even have to be business. It can be whatever you're pursuing, that there's someone else that has been in your shoes or, or a worse worst like part of of where you're starting out and has made it to to the top or has has been successful Mm. so you need to take inspiration from those people and think wow if they've done it i can get past this stage this valley of despair i just need to take it one day at a time and you can always think of it like this i could quit tomorrow so i'll I'll wait until then like don't don't Mm. quit today like yeah and that's what mentors are for The mentors in your life are supposed to be people that have got what you're trying to achieve in a certain area. And the reason that they're important is because they are what give you the hope that it's possible, but they're not going to do the work for you. And so that's when it comes back to the importance of the people around you. Like when you're the fifth person, when when you're in a room with five dickheads, you're the six. That concept is like the people around you uh, and your circle is what's going to help you get to the mentor level. But the mentor is not going to help you get there. The mentor is going to make you believe it because they've got it. And that's what's coming about. You need to have these people that have what you're trying to achieve so that you can believe it's possible. But then you need to create a winning circle around you that's going to motivate you and level everyone up so that you can achieve that, that level that your mentors are at. Mm. I think another thing that we need to sort of overcome on the path of greatness is self-doubt. Do you think self-doubt's a big limiting factor for a lot of people? 100%. Because we've got to also think about that concept that you used of licking, licking the, the ice cream. Because before you get that first lick, that lovely lick that you get, the, the feeling is, is amazing. But up until then, we don't know what that, that's going to feel like. We don't know what it tastes like. So if we can draw that inspiration from mentors and things like that, it does help us with the self-doubt, but that doesn't mean the self-doubt isn't there. Mm. So there's a couple different things you can use for self-doubt to get you over that. And it's the, the example I just used before. If someone else has done it that was in my same shoes or worse off than me, I can do it too. There's no reason that you can't do it. You just need to believe in yourself even if no one else is because at the end of the day, no, no one should believe in you more than, than you do in yourself. Mm. And... If you just, I know it's going to be tough and, and it's not easy, 
being in that valley of despair where everything that you're trying isn't working but you've just got to keep going because mm. you're going to find something something's going to click it's going to start working and yeah with self-doubt you've just you've just got to keep going because and, and there's this awesome quote I love by Alex Alex Hamozi and he says you don't achieve confidence by yelling affirmations in the mirror you achieve confidence by stacking so many achievements that you that it's undeniable that you are who you say you are and I think that's so important when it comes to self-doubt because you've got to realize self-doubt is inevitable until you achieve that success so if you're ever in a stage and you're doubting yourself you should realize, okay, this is just a part of my journey. I'm meant to doubt myself because I haven't gotten to where I need to be. So all that means is that I just need to keep going. This is normal that I'm doubting myself. I just need to keep going because I'm going to achieve that success. Mm. This is normal. Stacking those undeniable proofs that you are who you say you are. I think a, another amazing quote in terms of what we were just talking about then is like, you can't expect anyone to believe your goals because it, it wasn't theirs in the first place. Like They're your goals, they're not theirs. How do you expect someone else to believe in your dreams when they're not their dreams? And that's the reality about most, a lot of our dreams. Everyone's got different ones and goals and intentions and things that we want in our life. You can't expect someone that doesn't have the same one to believe in yours because if they believed in it, it'd be theirs too. So um, yeah, super, super interesting. Yeah, and there's this great quote, another quote, gosh, we're just riffing off quotes just one after another, out. banging them out. Would, it, wouldn't be <laughs> a, it wouldn't be a podcast with Chris Griffin in it if we didn't talk oh, about quotes, oh, eh? Exactly. Some, well, these ones aren't too hard-hitting, but yeah. they, they still get the job done. Yeah. Um, but this is actually from, from one of our mentors, um, Ryan Tuckwood, mm. and it's, if no one's laughing at your goals, if no one's laughing at your dreams, they're not big enough. And I think that's so good because it just... <laughs> It opens up your eyes that if you're not, if no one's doubting you, yeah. you should be dreaming bigger. Yeah. What about like lack of support? We spoke about it a bit in brief earlier in terms of, yeah, not having people to relate to, I guess you could say. What are, yeah, like, do you think that's something that we need to, you need to overcome? And do you think self love plays a massive part in that? Or, what do you think it is? Because when you do have less people to relate on, it's very hard to have that support crew that are supporting you that are there in the hard times and the good. A lot of the time you find that the hard times is when you need them most, but they all come flocking in when the good times are great. And um, what are your thoughts on having to overcome that? And is it self-love or how, what's the solution? Mm. This comes back down to, to delayed gratification because you are gonna lose a lot of people in the pursuit of greatness. It's, it's inevitable. Um, we both certainly have. And you've also gotta to realize too, those people that you've lost, you've gotta consider why you're losing them. The reason you're losing them is because they're not the level of friend that you should have anyways. Or well, they're just not but, on the same path. Yeah, on the same path. But I do believe that even if you're not on the same path as someone, if they're a friend that, that's gonna be there for, you, for the long run, I don't believe that just because they're on a different path, you shouldn't be friends with mm. them anymore. So you've got to realize that it is going to be inevitable that you will lose friends on your pursuit, but it's just something you have to get used to. You have to realize that, that you're good enough not having other people around you. And just because you, you don't have other people around you supporting you, it doesn't mean that what you're doing is wrong. It just means that you're different. And different is good because if you're doing what 
99% of other people were doing and you're in the pursuit of being the 1%, how do you expect to be that 1%? You need, you need to do stuff that's different. You need, it's a good sign if you don't have people that are supporting you to an mm. extent. Obviously, there's some differences in that. But if there's people that don't support you, it should mean that you're, you're on the path to, to something different, which is often great. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. I think that's a, probably a, an amazing space to end. Um, yeah. Have you got anything else you wanted to say? No, I hope everyone got a bit of value from it. And uh, I certainly did. I think that was really good. You know, sometimes like it's important, like writing the poem, for example, and being able to journal and get things out in your head um, or even have these conversations where we can discuss the things that we're thinking about it's really good reminders and it's also just important so we're not bottling things up and, um, you know, so, so we'd fucking explode. But, yeah, I got a lot of value from it. I think it was good. Hopefully you guys did as well. If you did have any questions for future episodes, if you're watching this on YouTube, leave us a comment down below. We'll definitely get back to it. Um, and if you have made it this far, thank you so much. Really appreciate the support. I can't thank you all enough. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.